going on guys? It is early Monday morning and this is a pump handle podcast mini slam. I'm going to do these after some pay-per-view events that I feel deserve a mini slam. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look back at Hell in a Cell from last night. Uh, if you haven't watched Hell in a Cell just yet, there will be spoilers. So pause this show, go watch Hell in a Cell, come back, hit the play button, and listen to the sound of my beautiful voice explaining to you what I liked and didn't like about last night's Hell in a Cell. There will be a regular podcast episode on Thursday uh, where I do my usual Raw and SmackDown review. And this week I'm going to start taking a look at some of my favorite Survivor Series matches as we lead up into Survivor Series in three weeks' time. Um, but now let's take a look back at last night's Hell in a Cell. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good show. I'd give it probably a three and a half out of five. I'll elaborate more on that rating after they need to get Booker T off of these panels he's unprepared uh he's not cut out to be on the pre-show um you know you got King cleaning up a lot of his verbal messes Lita makes him look bad Renee Young just looks annoyed with him now get Booker T off of there um put Corey Graves back on the pre-show please someone who can actually form coherent sentences without botching them um, again Kendrick begging for the cruiserweight title on the pre-show um, if he wins after this I was thinking, man, that's it for the Cruiserweight division. More on that later. Um, the Cruiserweight six-man tag match did exactly what they needed to do. They amped up the crowd. They put Cedric Alexander over. They had some good spots. I liked it. Two thumbs up for me on that one. Um, that New Day segment on the pre-show makes me hate the New Day. Uh, and for every person like me that hates the New Day after that, there's somebody out there who loves them. It was pointless, stupid, long, and just really just a jumbled mess. Um, I couldn't understand. They were all talking over each other half the time. Uh, it was awful. It was absolutely atrocious. No need for it at all. On to the actual event now. Uh, Rusev Reigns kicked it off. I like the idea. Uh, Hell in a Cell, first match, beautiful, get the crowd amped up, get them into it. You thought Reigns and Rusev would have the least amount of big cage spots, which is why I kind of like them in that, although there weren't really any big cage spots throughout most of the night. Um, it was good. It was really brutal match. I mean, you had kendo sticks and stairs, and Rusev slapping the accolade on Reigns with that, that chain around his mouth was just awesome. Predictable result. You knew Reigns was going to win. I mean, the feud was so one-sided uh, in his behalf that you knew Reigns was going to win. Uh, but again, really good match. Not sure if you keep this going forward after such a one-sided feud where Reigns obviously uh, dominated the whole thing. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do going forward. Dana Brooke versus Bailey. As I said on episode two of the podcast last week, this match solidified several things for me. Dana Brooke is not ready to be on Raw. They literally, Bailey. it wasn't a squash, but it was a one-sided short match. Dana Brooke goes back to NXT. I think she's very, she's got a great look. She's agile. She's, uh, you know, I think she has potential to be a top women superstar, but that time is not now. Send her back down to NXT. Let her develop. Maybe give her an NXT women's title run. Um, and... Give her spot on Raw to somebody like Nia Jax who could use more screen time, even if it is in squash matches. I mean, we haven't seen Nia Jax on Raw now for three weeks. So, like, you know, get Dana out of there, please. Um, they announced that there's going to be now Raw talk after Monday Night Raw. So Monday Night Raw now with the pre-show and Raw talk and, uh, and the three-hour Raw in between is, like, pushing, like, four hours 
Raw talk. More like Raw talks too much. Monday Nighter's too long for me now. It's just, it's, I'm over it. Um, Anderson and Gallows pick up a relatively easy win over Enzo Cass. Again, predictable result. You kind of thought Anderson and Gallows needed this win. Um, but to do it in as convincing a fashion as they did, um, I thought it would be a longer, better match. So I'm not sure what you do with Enzo and Cass. They really don't have anyone to go against. As I've said, I've said this many times, the Raw Tag Team Division right now for me is messed up. And I just and it's going to totally be more messed up when I explain to you what happened in the tag team title match here in a minute. Uh, but first up, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. Um, I was surprised how early it was on. I mean, it was an hour and fifteen minutes into the event. I thought for sure it'd be around the two hour mark. Um, so I'm surprised how early it went on. Um, but again, very predictable. You had a fire extinguisher spot to let Jericho get in the cage, lock the cage. Um, it was a two-on-one beatdown. You knew Rollins was going to lose this match. Um, it was exciting. It was it was a pretty predictable match, but it was exciting. It had some great spots with some tables and things like that. Um, obviously, I guess it, you can't really set up a rematch because now Owens has beat Rollins twice. Um, so maybe you do Owens or uh, Rollins versus Jericho at Survivor Series. I, I don't know. But obviously now this sets up at Survivor Series. Triple H returning and starting the Triple H-Rollins feud that basically everyone knows is going to happen, so just fucking get on with it already. Um, where Owens goes from here, hard to say. Maybe Sami Zayn steps up, although he's involved with this Braun Strowman thing. I don't know. I guess you have to watch Raw tonight and find out. Um, Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins was by far the worst match of the night. It was absolutely pointless given what the cruiserweight division has gone through in its first month in existence. They needed a good 20-minute exciting high-spot title match, and what we got was Brian Kendrick faking an injury and then knocking Perkins down and slapping him in the captain's hook and getting TJ to tap. Pointless. Obviously, they had no faith in Perkins as champion. Now you probably go to a Brian Kendrick-Cedric Alexander feud. I don't even think Perkins gets a rematch out of this. Maybe he gets it on Raw tonight, and it's another squash. That was pathetic to me. It was the worst match of the night. Um, as I've said, and a lot of people have said, Vince is going to bury the cruiserweights. It's obvious they have no idea what the direction should be. They're gonna, they're, they're literally treating the cruiserweights like they treated the women when they were divas five years ago. Just an afterthought, time filler, nobody that, that no one's watching, but we are watching. A lot of people who watch the CWC are very invested in the cruiserweights, and WWE, you're fucking it up, and you're fucking it up bad. Okay. Get it right. Stop this petty bullshit and actually let them do what made the cruiserweights exciting. Speaking of another thing that pissed me off, the New Day versus Sheamus and Cesaro ends in a screwy Kofi Kingston DQ finish. Holy sweet hell, is this feud going to continue? And are we going to get more of Sheamus and Cesaro? Again, tag team division, raw, totally messed up right now. I don't know what to think. I wanted this feud to be over. I wanted Sheamus and Cesaro to be over. I just wanted it to be over, 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 over. And it's obvious now it's going to continue, I would say, after a screwy DQ finish like that. So, just awful. Awful, 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 awful. Now, the main event, Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair. Um, I have a lot to say about this, and I'm going to try to keep it relatively short. The, the, the 
the start of the match where they came out and um, you know get out of the cage and Sasha power bombed or Charlotte power bombed Sasha through the table. Listen, that was a polarizing segment where you know they put her on the gurney and they got her out, and then they're announcing Charlotte as the champion and Sasha comes to life Mick Foley style and, and goes and gets back in the cage or the cell, whatever. Listen. It's a polarizing segment. I know a lot of people who hated it and a lot of people who loved it. But one thing you can't deny is it was a very, very well done segment. Sasha looked like... I, I legitimately thought she was hurt. She was crying. Uh, there was EMTs. I mean, there, everybody sold it very, very well and made it look like it was supposed to happen. And that she was actually hurt. Um, so that was great. And then the match was great. The only thing I could say negatively about this match, which I think at this moment, 10 months into the calendar, is probably match of the year right now. The only negative thing I can say about it is I didn't want Sasha to lose the belt. She's a two-time champ, and those two reigns combined don't even equal two months. So already you've had Sasha with two title reigns, two very short title reigns. Now Charlotte has the belt back. Uh, the, the the flip side to this is maybe Sasha's legit hurt and needs a little bit of time away and they didn't want to have to do some sort of drop the belt thing. Maybe. I, I just, if that's, if Charlotte, or if Sasha's not legitimately hurt, I don't understand the decision to flip the belt back and forth like a hot potato. Um, if she is hurt, obviously now you have Bailey who can be elevated to be Charlotte's number one contender, and I think that would be a hell of a feud as well. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, there was some great, great moments. I'm really disappointed that that table gave out when Charlotte fell on it, because I'm sure that Sasha was going to do the double knees through the table. Uh, that probably would have elevated it even further. But it was a wonderful match. They told a great story. I'm glad they let the time go over. They gave them 30 solid minutes and said, here you go. Go get it done. It was a historic event. The first time in over 30 years that women have had, uh, pay, met, main evented a WWE pay-per-view. Um, and it doesn't even matter. It was a great match. It was the best match on the card, bar none, not even close. Um, anyways, guys, that is my Hell in a Cell review. As I said in the opening, I gave it 3.5 out of 5. Um, the, last, the first half of the last hour for me was garbage. Um, the cruiserweights were terrible. The crowd wasn't into anything that wasn't a cell match. They kept chanting for tables for some stupid reason, which uh, I don't know is pointless to me, I guess. But whatever. Like I thought we were in Dudleyville for a short time. Um, and as I said, guys, let me know down in the comments below. Uh, my big question for you guys out of this is: Do you guys think after ten months there is a better match this year than Charlotte Sasha Banks from last night? If you guys can think of something, let me know down in the comments below and I can tell you why you're wrong. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Put out a new podcast every Thursday. If you're listening on the SoundClouds or the iTunes or the Google Plays, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. As I said, I will have a fresh, full episode of the Pump Handle Podcast on Thursday where I'm going to do my Raw Review Smackdown Live review. And on this week, I'm going to start talking about some of my favorite Survivor Series matches to help build into Survivor Series, which is only 20 days away, if you can believe that. 
That's it, guys. Thank you for listening to the Pump Handle Podcast, Mini Slam, a review of last night's Hell in a Cell. And until next time... <laughs>